0: Today is Friday, October 9, 2020. On this day in 2002, serial killer Eileen Wornos was executed by the state of Florida. 12 years earlier, Eileen murdered as many as seven men in cold blood. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the execution of Eileen Wurnos, the damsel of death. Now let's go back to the morning of October 9th, 2002, shortly after Sunrise. 46-year-old Eileen Wornos declined a last meal. Instead, she drank only a cup of black coffee at a cafeteria table, her wild brown eyes uncharacteristically still as she sipped. Her mind drifted to the day before when she had given her final interview to a reporter. During the questioning, she'd made one final attempt to plead for her life— She explained to the journalist that there were mind-control devices in her cell. She couldn't prove it, but she was sure that her wall mirror was bugged. And when they weren't trying to control her thoughts, police were flooding her cell with sonic sound waves meant to slowly crush her skull. The reporter had looked at her as if she was a wounded animal, something to be pitied. She knew that he didn't believe a word she'd said. Afterward, she spent her final night in her cell grappling with what was to come. She didn't have any affairs to get in order, so instead she paced, wrote in her journal, and eventually tried to sleep. Now the moment of reckoning had come. Eileen took a last sip of her lukewarm coffee, then stood so the guards could cuff her. They led her down a long, sterile, white hallway and into a plain room, furnished with nothing but a gurney and a telephone. As the guards strapped Eileen onto the gurney, she focused her eyes on the wall phone, willing it to ring. A last-minute stay of execution was all that could save her now. But there was no call. The execution by lethal injection went on as planned. Eileen Warnos was reported dead at 9:47 in the morning. Later, her ashes were sent to her hometown of Troy, Michigan. Her childhood friend Don Botkins scattered Eileen's remains at the root of an oak tree in her backyard. Don was the only attendee of this quiet funeral. Nobody else was invited. Eileen was responsible for every one of her murders, but the town of Troy was responsible for Eileen. Long before she was a killer, she was an abused child, sexually exploited by her classmates, and assaulted by members of her own family. Everyone in Eileen's life had dehumanized her until an animal instinct was all that remained. Over time, she became a so-called monster, prowling the highways of central Florida, searching for prey. Coming up, we discuss Eileen's lifelong march to the executioner. Hi, listeners. I'm so excited to introduce you to the newest Spotify original from Parcast, called Blind Dating. Hosted by YouTuber Tara Michelle, Blind Dating is a fun twist on a classic setup. Strangers are introduced, conversation commences, and sparks either fly or fizzle. But here's the catch. Our hopeful singles have to choose their match before ever seeing their face. And once they've picked their potential date, we turn the cameras on, and then it's either butterflies or goodbyes. Blind Dating airs weekly with new episodes every Wednesday. You can find and follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On October 9th, In 2002, 46-year-old serial killer Eileen Warnos was executed by the state of Florida. Twelve years earlier, in 1989, she went on a murderous rampage that extinguished the lives of up to seven young men. But she was introduced to violence long before that. By February of 1976, 21-year-old Eileen Warnos had been on the road for five years. She'd run away from home at age 15, hitchhiking her way around the Midwest and engaging in sex work to make ends meet. But on that chilly morning, as she walked a long strip of beach in Daytona, Florida, she knew her wandering days were over. This was Home. Eileen grew up in a chaotic, traumatic environment. She was raised by abusive grandparents and bullied by almost every kid at school. In an attempt to fit in, she'd started trading sexual favors for gum and spare change when she was only 11. But while that made her notorious, it didn't exactly make her popular. Rather, her classmates ostracized her until she finally got tired of being the town pariah and left. Florida was a brand new start. Just a few weeks after hitchhiking to Daytona, Eileen met the most charming man on one of her walks along the ocean. Lewis Fell was 69 and owned a yacht, the epitome of luxury as far as Eileen was concerned. She was soon caught up in a whirlwind of romance. Two months later, Lewis asked her to marry him. It all seemed too good to be true. Unfortunately, like everyone else in Eileen's transient life, Lewis was only passing through. About six weeks after their wedding, he filed for divorce. He told the courts that Eileen had grown enraged one night and beat him with his own cane. Eileen couldn't deny the charge. She just got mad sometimes. Twenty-year-old Eileen was back on the streets by August. She returned to sex work to make ends meet, but felt directionless. It seemed everyone else in the world had cracked some code, some key to happiness, and she was always on the outside looking in. Over the next few years, Eileen turned to alcohol for solace, drinking herself into nightly stupors. For whatever reason, in 1981, the 25-year-old robbed a gas station at gunpoint, wearing nothing but a bikini, which made her easy for police to spot. She spent the next two and a half years in prison. When she got out in 1983, Eileen was more aimless than ever. She returned to a life of sex work hitchhiking along Florida's highways for clients. They'd drive for a bit, pull over at the nearest exit, and have some fun in the back seat. But one night, November 30th, 1989, a client named Richard Mallory had a more sinister intent. It's unclear what exactly happened that night, but Eileen claims that the 51-year-old man raped and beat her— to save her own life, she shot him dead with the handgun she kept in her purse. Though Eileen's account would be challenged again and again for the rest of her life, there is good reason to believe her. First, after nearly 15 years of sex work, this was the first client she had ever killed. It's reasonable to believe that something about their encounter was out of the ordinary. Second, Richard Mallory had recently been released from prison for sexual assault, meaning he had a history of abusing women. After the murder, Eileen drove his car back toward Daytona, abandoning it miles away from Richard's body. It would take police over a year to figure out she was responsible for his death. During that time... Whatever had snapped in Eileen that night began to slowly seep out, poisoning her against her clients. Perhaps years of abuse and degradation had finally festered in her for so long that she couldn't hold it in any longer. Between November 1989 and October 1990, Eileen killed six more men. A few of them were clients, though some might have been well-intentioned men looking to give her a ride. Eileen spent that year in a haze, foggy from alcohol, and depressed by everything else. By the time she was arrested in the fall of 1990, she looked browbeaten wild, the caged animal she had become. Leathery skin, hollow eyes, and gnarly blonde hair. She looked like a monster, and she played the part perfectly. 12 years later, her journey ended in Florida, the same place where she'd once been looking for a fresh start. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out our podcast original, Serial Killers. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Remember to follow Blind Dating for a dash of romance and rejection. YouTuber Tara Michelle hosts, and she's thrilled to help hopeful singles meet their match once they've survived the hot seat. Follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.